My name is Tony Litt. I'm the MD of Sunrise Radio, and it's my immense pleasure to bring you the official Sunrise Radio podcast. We are the number one commercial Asian station in the United Kingdom, with many firsts to our name, and we continue to be the voice of British Asians who have given us their love and loyalty over 30 years. It's a legacy we cherish and a responsibility that we don't take lightly. Our aim has always been to entertain the listeners with the best of Bollywood and Bangra while also addressing their concerns. A real voice for the community, a vibrant community and a great nation. We are proud to be British and Asian. This podcast is a compilation of some of the things we do on the station with a stellar lineup of presenters who each have their own personality and style. It's entertaining, informative, engaging, and we hope you will enjoy it here as a podcast if you are unable to tune in to the radio. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your family and friends about this podcast and do leave us a comment on what you think. We'd love to hear from you. All the best always. Team Sunrise. It's the breakfast show on Sunrise Radio. Raj Guy is the name. 90 second challenge. We play it every single morning, Monday to Friday. Are you ready? Let's play the 90 second challenge. We've got brand new contestants on the phone. We've got Surbi and Kanu all the way from Aberdeen hoping to take the cup home to Scotland. Good morning. Good morning, guys. How Good are morning. you? How are you both? You okay? Fantastic. Are you ready for the hot weather? <laughs> yes. <laughs> You'll get some. You'll get some. No, Aberdeen today. We're in Edinburgh. It's 23. How far are you from Edinburgh? Uh, two hours. Two hours. Uh, yeah, a couple of hours. Yeah. Down the road. Get on your bicycles. You're down the road. Okay. <laughs> Listen. Good luck. Good luck. You got. You're the, this is the final one. Okay. So it could be either you guys as our winners of the week, or it could be Gaurav and Amani who scored 14 yesterday. They're from Uxbridge. So Uxbridge versus Aberdeen. Let's do this. Let's play. The 90-second challenge! The game begins in three, two, one. Who played the role of Rais Alam in the film Rais? Shahrukh Khan. Shahrukh Khan, yeah. Uh, 150 divided by two. 75. Yep. Which actress played the role of Samia Siddiqui, a human rights lawyer in the film Virzara? Rani McCarthy. Yep. What is the name of the fairy in Peter Pan? Tinkerbell. Yeah, well done. Rajesh Khanna and Mumtaz starred in the classic film Dora Rasate. Was it released in the 60s, 70s or the 80s? 70s. It's uh, 1969, I'm afraid. Which football club plays its home games at Loftus Road? No idea, past. QPR. St. Patrick is the patron saint, saint of which country? Ireland. Ireland, yep. Yeah. Anil Kapoor, Akshay Khanna, Ashwari Rai, Amrish Puri uh, all starred in a Subash Guy film uh, in 1980. Uh, nah, very well done. Which year came 17 years after 1980? 97. Yeah, Warsaw. Warsaw is the capital of which country? Poland. Poland. Who played the double role of Charlie Sharma and Guddu Sharma in the 2009 film Kamine? Kapoor. Well done. How many valves does the heart have? Four, four. Uh, in which state in the USA is Hollywood? Uh, California. California. How many degrees are found in a circle? Sorry? How many degrees are found in a circle? A 
360. 360. Well done! Look at that! 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. You got 11! That's fantastic! Fabi, don't be, don't, I don't, I don't even have a word for it. I have to make up a word. Fabi, I don't know what that means. Okay, 11. That's really good. Excellent work. Now, what do you want to do? You got that choice, really. You're going to have to take the bonus questions, right? Yep. Yeah. Let's do it. Here is your bonus question for one. What is the most consumed manufactured drink in the world? The most consumed... Coca-Cola. Huh? Coca-Cola. No, it's not. It's tea. 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 Okay, oh. so minus... <laughs> so anyway, it doesn't matter. You've got ten, right? So you can still win. You get this question right, and you'll have one more than Gaurav and Amani. You get it wrong, and you're down to five, all right? So have a listen to this. Listen very carefully indeed. Everybody be quiet, please. Who is this, and who is her husband? I thought it was a great opportunity for an Indian to be on it. So uh, I just took up the offer, and also the reason being that it was just a three-week show, and I thought that I would be out in the first first week. Who's that, and who's her husband? Uh, can you play it again, Raj, please? Here we go. Last I it was a great opportunity for an Indian to be on it. So uh, I just took up the offer. And also the reason being that it was just a three-week show. And I thought that I would be out in the first first week. There you go. She's very famous. I can't tell you too much. Is it Shilpa Shetty? Who's her husband? Uh, Raj Kundra. You did it! What a nail-biting finish! You did it! The cup is yours! You are t- It's coming home to Aberdeen! Okay. Yay! <laughs> hey, you deserve an extra one of these! Ah, <laughs> hey, you can even take one of these! <laughs> well done, oh, guys! You. That's brilliant! <laughs> Thank you, thank you, Raj. Thank you. It was really fun. Guys, thank you so much. Excellent work. You've done it. The very last 90-second challenge, and you scored 15. You are the winners of the week. Surbi and Kanu, and the little one in the background as well, all the way in Aberdeen in Scotland. Great work. Fantastic. 90-second challenge takes a bit of a rest. It will come back soon. You can catch Raj Guy and his funny humour weekdays on breakfast between 6am and 9am. This is Anila Dami on Sunday. I'm now joined on the line by Chris Ramsey, MBE, former professional footballer and currently technical coach at QPR. Good morning, Chris. Morning. Thank you very much for joining us this morning. Thanks for inviting me. What did you make of the reaction and racist comments that some of England's players received after the final on Sunday? Even though uh, a lot of the behaviours have been going on have been shocking. I mean, that was... That that was another notch up, really. Um, when you think about it, we're supporting England, a, a, a team that everybody um, has, has backed during this whole campaign, and, and the fact that the, the players did us proud, mm. and the whole event up until that that uh, game um, was a, was a marvelous event for the whole country. Yeah, I mean, did it surprise you though? It surprised me the speed of it. Obviously, when you're, you know. A minority, you always think. Please don't let it be, you know, the, the players of colour that, that missed the that missed the chances because you know what's going to happen. But mm. the, the ferocity of it and the speed of it and how quickly it happened after was absolutely frightening, really. 
And it, you're right in that sense that it, it happened so quickly and all of us who had been on that wave and the momentum, of course there was huge disappointment that we lost the final, but so much pride at the same time. And then suddenly the conversation turned and it became all about this. And it was a real kind of tangent from what we, the journey we'd all been on together as a nation. But it, oversh- it overshadowed all the good stuff that, mm. you know, Gareth Southgate had. It's galvanised everybody to, to think in, in one direction. You know, we had um, the coaches all, all um, helping to to put the message over. And, you know, we had Chris Powell and people like that. They were big figures for our community on the bench as well. So, you know, it, it was uh, it was unbelievable how now we're, the main thing we're, not, we're talking about is, is this subject rather than how well they've done to get to the final. And especially because, you know, I was on such a high and you were gutted, but, you know, it was like a collective, you know, we've been through this together. It it was sad, but also I was just filled with so much pride and hope. It was that feeling of hope that you really thought, you know, we're going to make it. And then I was still riding that wave of hope thinking, you know, well, the World Cup's only around the corner. These boys are so young. They're an incredible team. And so, yes, it has obviously been such a shame that this has all overshadowed it. I mean, from your experiences, what was it like playing football back in the 70s and 80s? And has there been progress? Has there been any change? Uh, I, I think it was, the, the, the biggest problem that we have is, yes, we, we can't say that there hasn't been progress. I mean, socially, things have changed dramatically, but there's been undercurrents through throughout the whole time, you know. There's a lot of, um, I spoke about before, about people using PC language and not actually um, backing it up with their actions. So there's a lot of people that uh, use all the PC um, um, stuff that's going on to, to hide their true feelings behind it. So we're actually uh, sitting in, in, in the midst of, of, uh, of enemies that are actually talking the language that they believe will placate people but not actually do anything. What was it like for you? What were your experiences? Oh, horrendous. I mean, you think it's bad now. I mean, the only the only thing is, because obviously, there wasn't the social media um, that, that is, uh, you know, evident now, but I mean, which makes it worse because there's no one to complain to. And, uh, you know, when you've got, you've got whole stadiums of people making monkey chants and uh, throwing fruit and stuff like that, um, which was never even acknowledged, um, you know, for, for most of the time. So I must admit, the awareness now is is, is um, you know heightened. But having said that, people don't care, do they? They're still they're still doing what they they need to do, knowing that a lot of their their uh, accounts can be traced. They, they don't care. Do you think that justice is being served better now? Then or is, is... Well, there, was, there was no justice. Dead before because no one, no one, no one took it seriously. How did you cope so, with that? Well, you just do. You, you you have to in the same way. I mean, forget football. You know, obviously, this is a social problem. In the same way that our parents, um, you know, coped socially, coped in, with not getting jobs, not getting apartments. Um, you know, having to sleep rough and um, having to do jobs that were beneath their qualifications. You know. It, yeah, you know we have to look at the, the real the real problems, and you know football is just uh, something that amplifies it. You were awarded an MBE in the Queen's Birthday Honours for services to football and diversity in sport. Yeah, I mean, what do you think needs to be done moving forward? Well, you know, there's a lot of uh, you know 
evolution being talked, spoken about, you know, and, you know, this is my, I think, my 43rd season coming into the game. And, you know, the evolution that we spoke about 20, 30 years ago, you know, has been so slow that um, I'm frightened for the, the, the players coming to the end of their careers now who are, you know, in their late 30s, early 40s. And even the players, players who are out of the game now in their 40s, I'm, 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 I'm frightened that they're going to be, you know, my age coming up to 60 and we'll be still be talking uh, the same thing. We'll still be, be mentioning oh, what's got to be changed. You know, um, I, I sent some of my colleagues some, some articles from uh, 20 years ago before that, that, you know, I was involved in similar to what we're doing now. And they read the articles and they thought it was written last week. So Gosh, that's, that's, wow. um, you know, that's, mm. that's how far we haven't come, so to speak. Now, listen, this is not to say that all the organisations haven't tried or are not trying, but mm. it would be good if we speeded things up so that people's careers don't end up um, going astray by not being given opportunities that are, are required. Mm. And, and having said that, also for the players that are playing now to feel safe um, going to work um, and not um, having to feel that they're going to be abused online and abused from the stands. And do you think that taking the knee is a symbol of better race relations because it gives it's a chance for players to have freedom of expression on the pitch? Well, there's two issues that with that good, you know, which which either one that, that, that you, you know you can go. I mean, whatever, I think whatever gestures are done, if they're done in the right way, will obviously heighten awareness. Um, at, at our place, at one stage, we decided that it wasn't um, it wasn't something that we were going to do because, not because we don't agree with the, the statement, because we, as I said before, there's a lot of people that hide behind, um, you know, gestures. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that hide behind gestures and actually don't do anything. And they think that solely, solely taking the knee is is um, enough, you know. And, and I would have to say that, you know, with the fact that um, England were galvanised during the, the the tournament to all uh, stick together and and take the knee, you know, had a positive effect. I, w- I wouldn't say it didn't have a positive effect. Mm. Our, our our stance stance was that that a lot of people were saying take the knee. A lot of people in high places take the knee, but they weren't actually doing anything. So you get mixed views about doing it now, which is one of the things that we, you know, as a community, we want to sort of uh, avoid the divide and conquer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the frustration sees sometimes people acting in different in different ways because it's everyone's so frustrated. It's like, what do we do next? Do we take the knee? Do we not take the knee? Do we? Do we uh, have rallies? Do, do we come on shows like this? What, what do we do next? Mm. Because there's little action that, that that's going on, you know. Yeah. Talking of action, Prime Minister Boris Johnson's now promised to ban people guilty of sending racist abuse to footballers from attending matches. Is that a move you welcome? Do you think that will help tackle the core problem of racism? I, I, I think I think that it's it's uh, it's an offence anyway. I mean, so I think that that's important that there is some drastic action taken. But the problem is, is actually finding these people because it's quite easy to set up. I'm not very uh, techie, but as far as I, I know, it's quite easy to set up an account with an anonymous name and just uh, do your worst. Yeah, and then when yeah. it gets found, you can set up another account. Mm. So so um, I'm, I'm not exactly sure. 
um, how how uh, government can 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 squash it. But it would be good if government did put uh, pressure on the companies, on the, the social media companies, to vet people coming on online uh, a little bit more stringently. Chris, thanks so much for joining us this morning and speaking so candidly as well about your own experiences. Okay, thank you very much. I am now going to speak to former England international cricketer Monty Panisa. Monty, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Yeah, thank you for having me on the show. Were you surprised by the racist abuse directed at some of England's players after the Euros loss? Well, I think um, it's, it's quite common to see that uh, racism always comes to surface when you know national teams lose. Um, you know, we saw it with Mbappe uh, with France when his penalty got defended by the Swiss goalkeeper. There was obviously you know racial abuse there, and uh, to be honest, it was quite predictable really when when you saw the likes of you know Rashford, um, Saka, and Juninho sort of all you know missing their penalties. Um, I think that was kind of the sad thing about it. That I think everyone kind of expected there would be some sort of, you know, social media abuse, um, and and especially you know, this sort of more sort of um, you know racist abuse towards the, these the fine football players. You mentioned that it's kind of common in international sport as well. What do you think it is about sport that makes people behave like that? I suppose. Well, I think what it is, especially when you're losing, when you're winning, then I, I, I think the national joy and the pride and, and, and the whole celebration of winning glosses over the fact of uh, exclusivity and sort of racial issues that are, you know, um, sort of prevalent in, in, in most countries, really, and not, not even in, you know, in, in the UK. Um, so it kind of sugarcoats that fact. And, and one example was when Germany obviously lost against England. Everyone were in celebration. No one really, you know, gave these kind of like... Uh, um, what is it, you know, any, any racial social media abuse out there. But when we lose, um, it kind of comes, you know, obviously to the surface. And, and, and one question, you know, um, we we probably, you know, uh, could ask is that, um, is it because people of, you know, the, the sort of, you know, British white sort of community, as we call it, you know, um, Caucasian, do they feel a bit more safer or they, do they feel just a bit more superior or they just want to find someone a scapegoat, really, and and that's just you know sort of attack um, uh, the British black footballers. And you are visibly Sikh. What was it like when you were playing for England? Well, it was um, it's really interesting because some of the terms that come across now, you know, we have like you know white privilege or you know obviously the Black Lives Matter movement, um, systematic racism, institutional racism, like these kind of terms. Is we don't really think about that. It was just a simple love for the game. You've got a ball in your hand, you just got to get a wicket or perform really well. Mm. You don't really think about these kind of things. So sometimes I think, you know, it, it, and it's good to talk about these topics, but what's the next strategy? What is the next step? Mm. You know, when I played cricket, I just sort of loved, you know, playing for England and it was a sheer love for the game that kind of like really diluted any other issues, you know, that are obviously are being highlighted. And also sometimes it can be an obstacle. Sometimes you can use it as an excuse. You can also, you know, get sidetracked into these kind of topics and, and mm-hmm. forget about your own goal and your end goal or where you want to go to. And in a way, it was nice just to sort of not get involved in any of these kind of topics and just focus on, right, you know, I want to play for England. I love playing cricket. And, and, and that was it. Mm. And growing up to where you are now, do you think that there is more understanding and there's progress and opportunities for ethnic minorities in sports in the UK? Well, yes, I think that's a really good question because, uh, you know, we've seen certain figures, you know, keep coming down. 
um, in the professional game of like cricket, you know, that's where obviously I, I, I'm more sort of an expert at. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, even within the BAME community, like with Asian, you know, cricketers, there's been a, 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 a contrast, you know, drop in players going into the professional game. Even when we have 30% of um, people, you know, playing in the, in the amateur game, you know, at club level on, on a Saturday, only like 3% go into, you know, the professional game. And, and same with the, so people from the you know, Afro-Caribbean community, we had like 33, 34 sort of, you know, professional cricketers in the 90s. And now there's only like sort of eight or nine and and, 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 and few of them get recruited from, from the West Indies because of, uh, you know, the Colpac ruling. So effectively, it's, it's really, it's just getting less and less, you know. Why, why, do you, why, why do you think that is? What do you think needs to be done to encourage more people from ethnic minorities to get involved in cricket and sport? Well, I think I, I think firstly it's to do with like the parents at a young age group. You know, we, when I go and coach at the under twelve, under four, you know, under fifteen sort of that, that age group, mm. um, we, we just see the parents just drop off their kids, especially from the ethnic minorities. You know, and, and you see the sort of let's say that the, the British white parents they stay there, they they volunteer, they help out, they do that extra bit, and and you're naturally going to incline and push them children because they're you know they're they're there to help you, and that's another thing I think you know Asian parents need to do. They need to really volunteer their sort of services to help their children in that age group. And secondly, there's options. You know, we, like as a community, we just are so good at you know capturing financial capital, financial wealth. We're very good business people. Mm-hmm. You know, where we work so hard academically. You know. You know, the Asian community is, is a very sort of, you know, intelligent community in, in most sectors. So then there's these so many different options. You kind of think, well, if I, you know, go to university, get on a graduate scheme, you know, at a company, a few years' time, I'll probably be in a, in a much more senior position. But in cricket or any other sport, you know, if I don't make it, then by the age of 21 to 24, I may have to start again. And, and they just don't want to take that risk. You know, I think Asian families and Asian parents are just much more, you know, you know, I think they strategically want their children to be successful, and there's just a better chance of being successful, you know, by by getting university and academic qualification. I know that you are a household name, uh, and you've already talked about the fact that you didn't think about things like the terms of white privilege and etc that you've talked through and that you know it can be seen as an obstacle that you could get sidetracked with and that it was your love for the game that really drove you what inspiration would you give to young people listening who might want to embark on a career in cricket or at least pursue the passion to see if it can become something serious yeah, look, I think there's people out there who have, you know, a passion in sports, not even just in cricket, in arts, in things which, you know, necessarily, um, you know, Asian parents probably sort of say, you know, uh, I'd rather you, you know, become a doctor than any of the other sort of aspects. But, you know, I think parents should give their sons and, and daughters opportunity to progress in any passion or talent that they have. And, you know, you can easily get, you know, sidetracked in the, in the narrative of these conversations and you know there's so much more ed- education and data out there but you know the real question you've got to ask yourself is you know I need to get the best out of my talent and and the best out of you know um, you know my, my skill that I that I have so um, you know that should be the, the passion and sometimes you can easily get you know just kind of like move away from that um, and then suddenly you know you you know, you're not really sort of making any progress in your sport or your talent. So, you know, I just think it's important, you know, like, you know, just really do the best you can 
to to make uh, progress in whatever goals you have in in in, in your sport and and sort of arts um, in these kind of you know talents that I think we possess. You know, I think mm. you know Asian young Asian you know children are very good. They're very good at doing these sort of art, you know the arts, the dramas, the sports. Which sometimes parents kind of think, well, I'd rather you know go to get educated, go to uni, get a proper job, and sometimes that talent and that passion gets diluted. Monty, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you, thank you for having me on the show. Tune in every Sunday, 10 a.m. to 12 noon, for Anila Dami on Sunday, giving the British Asian community a voice on the matters of the day. time for the couples challenge it's time for the couples game how well do you know your partner that's right how well do you know your partner i've got a lovely couple with me actually i don't know anything about them i'm just calling them lovely because i'm going to assume that but let's welcome a huge welcome uh, to harry and sana how are you guys doing we're good thank you good you guys can hear me okay yeah yeah Brilliant, brilliant. Welcome, actually. This was the last minute. You WhatsApp me about five... I'm just dropping things now. <laughs> just, I'm literally in a mess today. Uh, anyway, right, you WhatsApp me literally a couple of minutes ago and I got you on the phone. Uh, so you have no idea how this works exactly, but I'm going to fill you in on everything. But before I do that, I would love to hear a little bit about you two, like how long you guys have been together, how you guys met, anything you can just tell the audience just to, you know, warm them up to you. Yeah, um, it's been about three, three, three and a half years, roughly. Nice. Are you guys married or are you getting married potentially? Uh, not yet, no. <laughs> oh, is it on the cards? Is it like, you know, are you still waiting for him to ask? <laughs> uh, no, not yet. No, we're quite happy the way we are for oh, now. fair enough. If you're happy, that's yeah. all that matters. I don't care. I really don't care whether you're married or not. If you're happy and you're enjoying life, that's all that matters. Yeah, I think marriage is a bit overrated right now. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Completely understand and that's all good in my book uh, but anyway listen welcome to you both oh by the way where are you based London uh, we're based in Warwick Warwick okay cool so uh, lovely uh, lovely up near uh, Coventry Leicester all that kind of area which is great the Midlands uh, right so this is how it works um, what I'm going to ask you to do in a moment is to choose one of you who is going to answer five questions uh, and while I do that the other person will leave the room and they will not be able to hear these questions and answers then after that we call the other partner back and they have to try and guess the five answers that their partner gave does that make sense? Yeah, okay. So who's feeling brave? Which of you is going to be the one to leave the I'll room? Go first. Okay, I'll go first. You can, go, you can leave the room, yeah? Go on, then. All right, brilliant. So don't worry, it's only like one turn, but in the future, if you want to return and do a hang reverse on, test... Hang on, sorry, get out. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a seat. Get inside. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Nice strategy, uh, Harry. Ain't going to work, son. Ain't going to work. <laughs> Trying to cheat as well. Little cheater, honestly. <laughs> Some people. Right, I'm ready. All right, you're ready. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, cool. Uh, so, welcome anyway, Sana. I'm going to ask you five very simple questions about you, and then let's see how well Harry knows you, all right? So, these are relatively easy, though, so it shouldn't be too difficult. But here we go. Question number one for you uh, What is your favorite, like, naughty go to snack? Like, you know, is it like a, a particular chocolate bar, a particular bag of crisps, a particular ice cream, snack, whatever it might be? What is your favorite naughty go to snack? Uh, I would say crisps. A- any particular variety or just crisps in general? Uh, salt and vinegar. 
Uh, oh, that's good to know, right? So S and V, I'm going to write that down. Okay. Uh, that's number one. Number two, um, what's a bad habit that you think you have that your partner hates? <laughs> Mm, my social media. <gasps> oh, really? Are you like on your phone all the time? Are you tweeting, yeah. Snapchatting, Instagram? What, what's which one do you use the most? Snapchat. Is it Snapchat? I'm always getting him on the snap, and he's just like, "Yeah, go away." <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. All righty, cool. Uh, I've never been one to get into Snapchat. I'm on Insta a lot, and also TikTok, but not Snapchat. But that's good to know. Question number three: I'd love to know something that's on uh, on your bucket list at the very top or very near the top. So something you really want to do, like you know, pretty soon, like it's something on your bucket list that you just have to get done. Horse riding. Oh, really? That's something you've never done before? Uh, I've kind of done it, but we've never done it together. Oh, so, done it, oh so, so you want to do it together? together. Alright, yeah. nice. I like that. Okay, cool. No worries. That's question number three. Um, question number four. What's the best holiday you've both been on together? Oh, that's so hard. Um, we like to throw uh, in a curveball or two. <laughs> <laughs> It's got to be when we went to Miami and then we went on a cruise from Miami. Oh, no. Let's do a Will Smith. Welcome to Miami. Right. I love it. I I love it. I bet that was your theme tune, right? When you were there. Uh, it was amazing because I always wanted to go to the Bahamas oh. and we finally made it to the Bahamas but we couldn't get up because there was a hurricane oh no <laughs> man oh what a pain oh bless you guys well hopefully you get to go there again in the future who oh, knows right definitely alright last but not least question number five alright so see they haven't been too bad so far question number five though uh, a favourite movie of yours you've seen like more than once like at least like maybe five times ten times or something like that anything in particular that springs to mind have you got it's like a got to be a dilemma Ah, nice. Okay, cool. Uh, so you're a Bollywood buff, yeah? Yeah, definitely. I like it. Okay, cool. Now, now that obviously the big question is, how well does Harry know you? So, whenever you're ready, call him back in. And while you do that, I'll just let the audience know as well. Um, if any of you out there, lovely couples, want to take part in the couples challenge, just drop me a WhatsApp, and you can get involved and do exactly what Harry and Sana are doing right now. So, there we go. Is Harry, is Harry back with you? <clears throat> yeah, he's back now. All right, get him on the phone. Harry, come on, lad. Let's do it, mate. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. I'm good. How about yourself, fella? You good? Yeah, yeah, all good. Lovely jubbly. So, you now know anyway how this works. I've basically just asked Sana five questions about her. And I'm going to ask you the same five questions, but you've got to give me the answers you think she gave about herself, Okay. Yeah, go for it. All right, perfect. So, question number one I asked Sana. I said, uh, what's her favourite uh, naughty snack, choice of naughty snack, that like is her go-to thing when she's feeling a little bit kind of like just bored of food and she just wants to grab something? Uh, I think I will go for Chris. Okay, cool. No worries, I can write that down. Chris, and any particular flavour that is her favourite? Um, let's say... Salt and vinegar. All right, cool. So salt and vinegar, Chris. Right, okay, I'm writing that one down. No problem at all. Question number two. Now, (laughs) I asked her this about herself. I said, uh, what bad habit do you have that your partner probably hates? So what does she do that irritates you a little bit? She can't make a round roti. (laughs) Oh, no, the ultimate. 
gentleman. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked, Sana. I don't know if you can hear me right now, but I am shocked. I am seriously shocked right now. <laughs> Cannot make ran roti. Oh my god, the ultimate, ultimate diss there. I tell you, it's just like the main one. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, question number three. Uh, I asked her to name something that is on her bucket list. Something at the top or very near the top. That she would like to do. Yeah, that's exactly something that she would like to do. In this case, I'll give you a clue. She mentioned something for both of you. Um, she wants to go to Marrakesh. Okay, cool. Marrakesh. I'll write that down as well. No problem at all. Uh, question number four. Oh, yes. Uh, she, I asked her the best holiday destination you've both been on together. What do you think she answered? Uh, I think uh, Wallenham. I think I'll go for Miami. Miami, I'll write that down for you, no problem at all. Uh, alrighty, last question, last but not least. Um, see, it wasn't that painful, was it? Okay, cool, last one. Uh, a favourite movie of hers that she has seen loads of times. What do you think she I'm answered? Gonna, I can tell you that's favourite, DDLJ. Go for it, which one? <laughs> oh, DDLJ, did you say? Yeah. DDLJ oh of course I mean come on everyone's seen that loads of times right so that's a, that's a given uh, <laughs> right okay cool I, I need to do some serious calculating this is quite the difficult part for me I need to kind of turn up these scores it's complex calculation some serious algorithms need to go into this as well all right so you got hmm, 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 hmm. okay all right, I've calculated the scores. Now, listen, the question for you. How well do you think you did? I think maybe two out of five. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I have totted this up, but I'm doing my very high-tech uh, tapping on the desk drum roll for you, and you scored... Two out of five. Well done, mate. <laughs> Told you I'm good. <laughs> not, not bad. Not too, sh- not too shabby. Not too shabby. Let me let me just quickly run through them so you know exactly which one she said and what she said different to you. Uh, first one you got right, salt and vinegar, Chris. You got that bang on the money. Uh, question two, the bad habit. She said uh, social media and specifically Snapchatting. <laughs> No, roti for me, mate, definitely. <laughs> I love that. That's brilliant. Um, question number three, uh, the bucket list thing. You said Marrakesh. The one thing she said, and she mentioned it about both of you, was horse riding. Yeah, he's scared that he's going to fall off the horse. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it's your bucket list, but not Harry's. I think that's the that's the conclusion here. Um, question number four, Miami. She said Miami as well. So that's the two you got right. Question one and four. And uh, number five, about her favourite movie that she's seen loads of times. She mentioned Edil uh, Hemushkil, not DDLJ. So that was the one uh, that she mentioned. Was that true then? Do you reckon, Harry? Yeah, I think that's about right. Yeah. Well, listen, you didn't do too bad at all as well. It is tricky because it could always be a number of things, right? So, but you guys did really well. I wanted to say a huge thank you for coming on, man. That was really cool of you guys to do that. Did you have fun? Uh, thank you. Yeah, it was great. We always listen to your show, so oh, it was quite fun. Oh, oh, bless. This must be. I'm, I'm. I'm sure you're very starstruck right now, both of you, and probably lost words. But don't worry, I'm just a human being. I'm no celebrity. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. Uh, but listen, I've really enjoyed having you on as well. And what you can do in a future episode. Uh, I would love for you guys to come back, do a role reversal, and this time we'll do it so that Sana leaves the room. How would you guys like to try that out at some point in the very near future, in the next few weeks? 
Yeah, definitely. Sounds like a plan. Harry, you'll be able to put her to the test now and see how well yeah, she definitely. does, right? <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe even next week if you guys want to do it. In fact, why not? I might get I love it. I love it. I may even... Uh, uh, what I may even do is message you guys next week. And if you want to uh, do it next week, you're more than welcome to. You guys are absolute stars. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much uh, for being on the show and for taking part in the Couples Challenge. But you've been listening to the Couples Challenge here on Sunrise Radio. Catch our love guru, Amit Soda, between 7pm and 10pm every Sunday for that chill out zone. I've just read something on the internet uh, which has alarmed me. I mean, I know there's plenty of things on the internet which can alarm you, but this has definitely caught my eye, made me slightly more fearful. Of course, the temperatures are rising at the moment over here in London. It could even be hitting temperatures of 30 degrees and above, 30 degrees and above in certain parts of the country, especially down around London. But that also means that uh, as well as the emergence of the heat, there's also going to be the emergence of flying ants. Yeah, flying ants out and about. Oh, my goodness. Apparently, it's going to be flying ant day uh, sometime over the weekend. Uh, Apparently, it says the occasion happens when a young queen leaves the nest to find their own colony. Uh, She mates with the strongest males during the flight, and then she lands and starts her new colony at a new location. Only the strongest males. Okay, well, I mean, that that definitely rules me out. Yeah, if if I if I was an ant, if I was a keener, I clearly wouldn't stand a chance, even even in the ant world. Uh, anyway, well, look, make sure you're fully prepared, all right, for flying ant day for all those keeners. It is time, my friends, to get into a bit of film in four clues this evening tonight. If you have never played this before, never in your life, then don't worry. Uh, I will be here to explain it all to you, how it all happens. I'm going to give you four bits of trivia related to one Bollywood movie. You need to just tell me the name of the movie, which I'm after this evening tonight. What film am I thinking of this evening from these four bits of Bollywood trivia for you? So, clue number one, okay... This film was the first time that a famous Bollywood couple appeared together as a couple in a film. And this was long before they actually became a couple in real life. I think the penny might have already dropped, okay? So one of the most celebrated filmy couples of recent years. This was the first time that they appeared together as a couple in this movie. But this was actually long before they were actually a couple, all right? They were just acting opposite each other in this film. Okay. Clue number two. Salman Khan has a cameo in this movie as a truck driver. All right. Salman Khan has a cameo in the film as a truck driver. Clue number three is that this movie is adapted from the plot lines of around three or so Western Hollywood films and also a Tamil movie as well. So three or so Hollywood movies it was adapted from and also from a Tamil movie as well. And clue number... Excuse me. A bit of snorting over there. Clue number four. Clue number four. I think this is the most interesting one. Clue number four. Part of the filming of this movie and behind-the-scenes kind of action was actually filmed as part of a documentary in switzerland not joking there was a swiss documentary called bollywood im alpenrausch i hope i'm pronouncing that correctly my gcse german coming in handy now bollywood in alpenrausch bollywood in the takeover or like the conquest of the alps part of the filming of this movie was actually caught on camera as part of that swiss documentary what do you reckon what film am i talking about 
Time to give you the answer for tonight's film in full clues. I think everybody out there got it. Famous filmy couple in this film long before they were an actual couple. Salman Khan is a truck driver in this movie. Uh, it's based on three or so Western movies and one Tamil film. And that Swiss documentary for TV crew called the whole thing on camera. I was, of course, thinking of Dai Akshar Premke that came out in 2000. The first film of Abhi and Aishriya uh, together in the lead roles long before they were an item. And it was adapted from the Tamil movie Puveli uh, and from the uh, Western movies The Bigamist, The Virtuous Bigamist. <laughs> I have a feeling that might have been a sequel. And A Walk in the Clouds that came out in 1995. That was where they got most of their inspiration from. And yes, as mentioned, that Swiss documentary movie uh, does capture them on camera. So check it out if you want to. Bollywood im Alpenrausch. So yeah, there we are. Dai Akshar Premke from 2000. Well done to Matthias on Ontario, Canada. Uh, Ritika over in Hamel Hempstead, Dejil in Wallingdon, uh, I've also got Pooja from Reading. I've also got as well Jamie in Harrow, Devdi in Romford, Nisha in Aylesbury, and uh, Bimla over in Forest Gate, Sunny in Southall as well, H in London. All got the correct answer tonight. They Akshar Premke from the year 2000. So, if you haven't sent in your answers, you haven't got very long for Bollywood or Bukavas. Uh, once again, the bit of trivia that I dropped this evening uh, for your ears only uh, is that Priyanka Chopra Jonas, as she should now be known, her married name, of course, uh, is the only actress to have promoted both Pepsi and Coca-Cola. But what do you reckon? Uh, the only actress to have promoted both brands of Coca-Cola. Uh, is that correct? Is that true or is that false? Uh, I love this message. Miran Himesh over in Preston. She says, Hi, Neeraj. Uh, my, uh, hi, Neeraj. So both of them say, My mum thinks it's Aishri arrived Butchin, who has promoted both Coca-Cola and Pepsi, so they're going with Aish, uh, and they're saying, we're going to go with our, my mum's answer, she is the Bollywood master in our house, to which I said, you know what, that's a very smart choice, just don't go against your mum, okay, 100%, if if, if your mum tells you something, don't go against your mum, alright, Mira Himish and Preston, guessing it's Aishriya, but are they correct? All will be revealed very shortly, send in your answers, what do you reckon, Bollywood or Bakwas? Right, Bollywood or Bakwas? Time for the answer. I said Priyanka Chopra Jonas is the only actress to have promoted both Pepsi and Coca-Cola, the two big rival cola brands. But was that Bollywood or was it Bakwas? Most of you came down heavy on the answer of Bakwas and I can tell you... You were right. It is a load of buckwas, but there was one actress who has managed to promote both of them. Quite an achievement. Of course, Aishwarya Rai Bachchan, isn't it? Of course. Bachchan Power, very well done if you got the answer. I was after Aishwarya. Uh, she's the actress who has promoted both of them. Well then, Jamini and Harrow, uh, Oshi over in Stanmore, Mira and Himesh, who went with their mum's uh, gut, gut feelings. Very well done. Tony and Sunderland as well. Yogesh Musti over in Stanwell. Uh, and also, Pravin Crawley got the answer. Aishriya's promoted both. Let me speed through the clues again for three-course meal this evening tonight, getting loads and loads of answers coming in from you, which is always brilliant. Right, three initials this evening tonight. KP, K for Kenya, P for Papa, SS, S for Sugar, S for Sugar, and then NM, N for November, M for Mother. Okay, one more time. KP, K for Kenya, P for Papa, SS, S for Sugar, S for Sugar, and then NM, N for November, M for Mother. And I need the names, please, of three female 
playback singers this evening tonight loads of answers coming in this evening loads of you guessing out there three female bollywood playback singers they might not be totally bollywood but they have sung for bollywood movies at some point in their singing careers keep those answers coming in you might just make the top 10 this evening tonight if you get all three correct Time to give you the answers for tonight's three-course meal. Right, three very tasty dishes this evening, three mains for you on tonight's three-course meal. We had kale pache. It's an Iranian dish uh, made out of bits of sheep. <laughs> there we are. Uh, we had shudki shira, which is a Bangladeshi speciality, so I heard. Uh, dried fish or shrimp stew. And then we had nacho meatballs, NM. So there we are, the initials tonight. KP, K for Kenya, P for Papa. SS, S for sugar, S for sugar. And then we had NM this evening as well. N for November, M for mother. And I was after the names of three female playback singers. They might have sung for other filmy industries, but they have all recorded for Bollywood movies as well. The names I was after this evening tonight for KP, I was thinking of Kalpana Patawari. So very well done if you got her. She's Assamese uh, and sung a lot of songs for Borge Body films, but has also sung in a couple of other uh, Bollywood flicks as well. Kalpana Patamari. For SS, there was a whole range of different options, as Barbara and Swansea was telling me. I was after Sadna Sargam. Yes, SS Sadna Sargam. And then for NM, I think most of you out there got this, Niti Mohan. So very well done if you got it. Kalpana Patawari, Sadna Sargam and Niti Mohan, the names I needed for tonight's three-course meal. In sixth place, Laksh in Leicester. Fifth place, to Prab in Hounslow. Fourth place, Barbara in Swansea. Third place, Bimla in Forest Gate. Second place, Matthias in Ontario, Canada. First place tonight, all in one go, Jamini in Harrow. Give yourself a round of applause. Helping you unwind on a Friday with tunes and Bollywood games to get your weekend ready. Don't forget to join Neeraj on Sunrise on Fridays and Saturdays from 7 to 10 p.m. 